with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Good morning, Prince George. I am uh, Trudy Clausen, uh, guest hosting for Rez Krebs, who is away this week. Um, so I'm very pleased to have Eric Allen, Peter Ewart, and Art Betke uh, as my political panel this morning. And... Um, well, we were, you know, sort of talking about the weather here and, you know, talking gardening and talking all kinds of things. And we were feeling all a little bit tired because we've all been out in the sun because we've been gardening. And so I thought, well, we will start the program today talking about gardening. And I mean, I've often thought about, you know, gardening in the north or living in the north means that you're rushing in every single season. Winter is sort of our only sort of kind of slow season, but depending on how much snow we get, because if we get lots of snow, then we spend the entire winter shoveling. Um, but we hear we're in spring, and um, most of us, anybody who owns some land has probably been outside already. And so, um, Eric, what have you been doing lately, or what are the what are guidelines that you'd give to somebody who's new to Prince George for what they should be doing this time of year? Well, <clears throat> don't be a procrastinator. Okay, <laughs> like don't procrastinate. <laughs> takes me a long time to get started, and then by, <clears throat> by the time I do get started, I think, well, why bother? It's almost over. <laughs> <laughs> so I've done that for a few years. Your yard now. is not getting any gardening awards? No, 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 but uh, I did get a few things happened uh, that weren't planned for. I had raspberries in there, and I've got uh, an apple tree. i got strawberries. i got... Uh, um, can't even think about it right now. Anyway, I got four or five things that grow on their own. Don't need my help. So as long as I keep the weeds away, I can sit back and eat fruit right off the trees. <clears throat> so I strongly recommend you put in some strawberries, raspberries, apple tree, rhubarb, and uh, anything that's going to come up on its own because you you get a head start with that. Then I put in corn. And I get corn every year. Make sure I put it in the sunshine and uh, so it gets sun all day. Okay. And then later on in the fall, you just take it right off the uh, out of the garden into the house and drop it in the hot pot of water. And you can't ask for any fresher than that. You just never get it any fresher than that. The big challenge I have is for years now, I've let half the garden go to pot. And now i got to try to dig it up. Growing and, uh, pot? Yeah, growing <laughs> pot. I should have done that. But anyway, uh, so now it's a real battle between me and uh, and the weeds to get those weeds out of there. I did it before when I first started the garden years ago. But I also garden for exercise. And so anymore, the, you know, if I have to do the work, I get the exercise, whether I like it or not. Sometimes I golf for the same reasons. <laughs> I, may, I may not feel like golfing, but if I do go golfing, I get a four-mile used to be a four-mile walk. It's a couple-mile walk now because I take a cart. But So one of the things that we've lost in the Prince George area uh, with the new way that they build houses and you don't have a yard is you lost the ability to garden. And so kids have lost the ability to see a garden growing in their backyard. One time, just about everybody had a garden in the backyard. I've got bumblebees and hornets and great big ants <laughs> You name it, all kinds of things that just kids just love those types of things. They sure do. And you got wildflowers growing there. I got some of the wildflowers growing in my front lawn, and so I'm sure the neighbors aren't happy about. But 
I'm not a lawn freak. I don't spend all my life killing uh, dandelions because bumblebees need dandelions, and I need bumblebees for my apple tree. So, so I got the circle of life. All right. Okay. Well, well, thank you, Eric. And and just <clears throat> if if anyone new to Prince George is is listening, I mean, these are old timers who've been uh, gardening for a long time here. Peter, how about you? What have you been doing? Um, well. Maybe thinking a bit about doing gardening, but the problem with me and gardening is that um, it's always something I'm going to do next year. Okay. You know, and uh, in the meantime, uh, I have a contractor to come in to do uh, our lawn. You know, so he takes care of that. But um, and he yeah. kills all the dandelions. Yeah. Well, no, I don't. I don't get into the pesticide side of things, right? You know, like the, I agree with Eric, right? You know, the dandelions are. Anyway, they're kind of here to stay. But uh, in terms of uh, of actually doing things, like I, it's it's kind of interesting because you think about it, like in the middle of winter, the bleak winter, and all that. You think about the how great it would be to be out gardening and all <laughs> this, right? But when spring comes, there's always something else to do, right? So uh, uh, I guess in my case, uh, we'll have to wait till next year, I suppose, and we'll see whether uh, anything anything comes of it. So, have you got just lawn? Lawns, uh, yeah, the, there's some areas there where uh, there's some plants and there's trees and, and stuff like that, right? But uh, uh, if I ever did anything, I, I'd be interested in to, to maybe grow some tomatoes and things like that, right? But uh, um, so far, not much is happening on, on that front. So Okay. All right, Art, how about you? I guess I'm kind of traditional. I do have a vegetable garden in the backyard. I have flowers in the bed along the front of the house with mostly perennials because they don't take much work. And uh, some of them are all finished blooming already. It's a little blue flower called Glory of the Snow. And uh, they are the first ones up, the first ones to bloom. And uh, everybody's surprised to see them so early. Yeah, I've I've really been enjoying the warm weather. My garden is uh, all rototilled, and most of it, well, about half of it, is already planted. So, oh wow, yeah, and and I've uh, I know which uh, plants um, are frost resistant and can handle the cold, and which ones are not. So, um, I've really been enjoying this unusual warm spring that we've been having here. It, it this just came unusual on. late, though. Uh, yeah, it came on us all of a sudden, mm-hmm. and uh, I got my first sunburn yeah, as a result. Uh, but you know, it, it's you have to realize this warm weather, as uh, much as we're enjoying it, is having a deleterious effect on a lot of other places. Like up in northern Alberta, forest fires are raging, and southern BC, the floods are raging. So, yeah, sometimes it's better just to have it a little cooler. But Right here in Prince George, it's been great. <laughs> yeah. So what kind of things have you got in the soil already? Uh, onions, carrots, beets, uh, lettuce, cabbage. Um, I, peas could be in, but they're not. Uh, and I have a lot of things. Uh, I start them in pots. I have corn started so it has a long enough uh, growing season. Um, a few other things like that. Hmm. I've, um, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's interesting to me that most of you, or that at least two of you successfully grow corn because so many people told me that it wasn't possible here. And, uh, I've managed to do it in Salmon Valley, but that's by using the frost covers. Yeah. 
Yeah, there there are some very early. You have to get the early varieties, yeah. like sixty days or sixty-five days to maturity. Do you have and a recommended brand? About, pardon me. Like what's what's the brand or the whatever name? Like the name of the variety. Uh, well, there's one called Sunny V. Sunny V. Sunny V. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, there's a number of them. Uh, I can't. Okay. What about them offhand? Eric? Do you know the name of the ones? No, I used to go to uh, <clears throat> a place out on. Uh, Art Naps. No, way beyond that. Out on... Uh, oh. Van Roods? Yeah, Van Roods. I go out there and get the cord. It's usually four, three or four or five inches high. Okay. Then okay. I just plant it there. Okay. Well, All right, there's a tip. Yeah. Normally you can grow uh, corn even up in the Peace River Valley. Well, it's yes. A, a microclimate. Well, and even climate. further north, like up in high level in La Crete, they, mm-hmm. they, 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 they grow uh, corn, they grow tomatoes and cucumbers out in the fields. Like not in greenhouses, yeah. Yeah, it's it's and it's because they have way more heat heat units than we do during the summer. Okay, moving on, moving on to the coronation of King Charles the Third. That's coming up this weekend. Is it uh, Saturday or is it today? No, it's today. Oh, tomorrow. Okay, or yeah. Um, we were just talking about this before we began. Uh, I'm I'm a monarchist, um, not necessarily a huge fan of uh, of the new king, but I'm a monarchist, so I will be sort of cheering this whole process on. Uh, let's uh, uh, begin. Maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll go with art first, and uh, and you can begin. And because you're not a monarchist, no, I'm not. No. Okay, so we'll, uh, we're going to end. I'm going to be biased. And I'm going to end with the two of us that are pro-monarchist. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why we have a, a king. Uh, what purpose does he serve? He's a figurehead. Uh, and uh, he's got immense wealth. And uh, he doesn't really have any purpose. Uh, when his mother died, he was, what, 74 years old? And that's when he first got his first job. He'd never had a job before. He was just sitting around waiting to become king. And, <laughs> Yeah, really, it, it's a waste of money. Uh, he doesn't rule us, and, and why should he, uh, just because of accident of birth? Um, I figure, you know, I, there's a lot of countries in Europe that still have kings, but they they don't really have the, the pomp and circumstance and prominence that the British king does. So, yeah, there's, there's really no reason to have him. You know, we oh. can look after ourselves. We don't need him telling us how to live. Okay, how about you, Peter? Uh, yeah, no, I'm opposed to the monarchy. Uh, you know, why is it that we have to have, uh, you know, some foreign king uh, as our head of state? You know, what does that say about Canadians, that we're not good enough to uh, be our, have our own head of state? Uh, rather, we have to have uh, someone like King Charles and Queen Camilla or whatever, right? But, it, but, but behind that also is the whole issue of... Uh, Sovereign power. Where does sovereign power uh, lie in, right? And the, the way it is set up right now, sovereign power power lies with the uh, with King Charles and the Governor General who act as head of state. And in a true democracy, sovereign power flows from the people, and there's a mechanisms uh, and processes uh, to enshrine that, right? But uh, we don't have that. We have uh, a situation whereby. Uh, uh, as, our, as our head of state, uh, of a foreign, uh, foreign king, 
uh, if we're truly an independent country, why don't we have our own sovereignty? You know, it, it, to me, it uh, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, I, I I do believe that uh, what we have to go to is uh, a constitutional process, a consti- where Canadians elect a constituent assembly to actually talk about a, a, and draft a, a constitution, a, a new constitution that enshrines the rights and responsibilities of uh, of all Canadians and, and and enshrines sovereignty in the Canadian people solely, not anyone, not some foreign king or whatever, right? But it's enshrined in Canada and. Uh, I think that's an important step that we have to take as a country. Okay. All right. Eric, it's up to you and me to defend this. Eric, you start yeah, first. Yeah, we could, we could have a, a government like the Americans, get rid of the monarchy and come up with the republic and then have a civil war where four or 500,000 people killed each other, brothers shooting sisters and fathers shooting mothers and who knows what all went down there that... You know, prisoners of war camps up in uh, Philadelphia or Pennsylvania, down in the southern states. It looks just as bad as some of the worst prisoner of war camps in the Second World War. So, when you can go that route, uh, you'll you'll be able to have your sovereign state. And and these uh, people that Peter talks about all the time, they seem to have this inner knowledge of how to run a country, uh, even though they've never ran a country and they've never been elected. And somehow or other, if we just just allow them to come on into the fold, everything would be fine and they'd run the country. It doesn't work that way. And I go along with uh, Winston Churchill on that, where he says the Westminster form of government is not the greatest form of government in the world, but it's a hell of a lot better than the alternative. And that's one of the reasons I'm a monarchist, because it has 500 or 1,000 years history of government. They're very good at it. They have some carbuncles, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <And> <clears throat> I'm not a big fan of the guy getting in this weekend. Never was since day one. And uh, but that's the way it is, you know. In, in a monarchy, one guy dies and long live the king. And uh, but uh, it's not. Uh, there's nothing wrong with having some pomp and circumstance. You know, your alternative is to be in Poland, standing 300,000 people in the rain, listening to the Pope talk in Latin and crying, or in the United States playing the national anthem, standing in the rain, and with your hand on your heart, crying. Or, and you're not going to get this with the monarchy, because monarchists tend to be less showing of their emotions, but if the Queen was standing there, you will in, in England and that, they'll stand in the rain and watch her go by and cry. And so it doesn't matter that it's a monarchist or if it's a religious organization or whether it's a uh, um, U.S. government type situation, people want some pomp and circumstance in their life. And the amount of money it costs us is trivial. We've got uncollected uh, HST of I think it's, I don't know, $90 billion or something. Just take a few billion uncollected taxes. It's paid for for the next hundred years. It's not even, cost is not even an issue. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to take liberties and weigh in a little bit because I never, I mean, my mom is a staunch monarchist. uh, Simply, I think, for the, well, gosh, I always underestimate my mom. Um, But I always thought it was just simply because she loved the queen. Um, But then somebody made the argument to me that, 
uh, riffing off of what uh, Eric just said, people desire pomp and cir- circumstance, and we will we will imbue something with that. And by having an unelected person carry that role, that duty, um, and in our case, in the Westminster tradition now, that person has no power, no real power. They only have soft power. Um, so they cannot write our laws. They only approve whatever laws we give them to approve. Um, and by imbuing them with that pomp and circumstance, we remove some of the, what can become um, brute power of political figures because the, the, the pomp and ceremony is imbued upon the unelected uh, uh, head of the, the monarchy and the political people, they do political stuff. And so the people's affections are, and and plus then the people's affections for their country are are sort of all united around a non-political figure. So that's that was the best argument to me. So, well, we do need to go for a break, so we'll be back after this. There's a river of birds in migration, a nation of women with wings. Wings, a series of news and current affairs programs by and about women around the world. Produced and distributed by the Women's International News Gathering Service. Listen for Wings, the Women's International News Gathering Service, Wednesday nights at 9.30 here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Together, supporting a healthy community for you and your loved ones through funding vital medical equipment and innovative programs right here at home in the North. Spirit of the North Healthcare Foundation invites you to pick your passion May 11th for Spirit Day, a 12-hour radiothon on Patterson Broadcasting. Unite and fundraise as a community for pediatrics, cardiac care, respiratory care, cancer care, seniors' health and wellness, mental health and wellness, lymphedema garment fund, area of greatest need. Donate today online at spiritofthenorth.ca. Are you thinking of selling your business? It's Dave Fuller here, a business coach and a business broker living right here in Prince George. The challenge of being a business owner is that much of our retirement funds are often tied up in the business. If you are getting ready to retire and sell your business, give me a call, 250-617-7467, and we can talk confidentially about how much your business might be worth and how you might be able to get that money out of the business and into your pocket. Again, Dave Fuller, 250-617-7467, or check out our website, pivotleader.com. At Pivot Leader, we help you grow, train, and sell your business. Forecast from Environment Canada. A mix of sun and cloud today. A 40% chance of showers late this afternoon with the risk of a thunderstorm. Wind from the southeast at 30, gusting to 50, except gusting to 70 near thunderstorms. A high of 25 with a high UV index. Mainly cloudy tonight. A 40% chance of showers early this evening with the risk of a thunderstorm. Gusting southeast winds becoming light this evening, a low of 5. For Saturday, cloudy. Showers beginning near noon with the risk of a thunderstorm and a high of 18. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Okay, we're back. I think we might have to have one more go-round at the coronation. Peter, you, you start. Uh, yeah, in my opinion, this whole issue of uh, you know King Charles and, and the monarchy and so on, right? It, it, you know, the opposition to it. And th- this is not a left versus right issue, but rather a people power issue, a democratic issue. I think a lot of problems are, like, we live in an arrested democracy where, you know, the, some democratic progress was made over the 
centuries, but it's, it's stopped. And, and one of the things that's stopping it is this whole monarchy issue, the, uh, the, he- the head of state and the constitution. You know, we, we've never had a constitution that we've actually drafted and voted on. And, uh, you know, which gets into the whole question of where, where the sovereign power should lie. One thing I would say is that, uh, it's not true that they, that the Governor General and the King Charles, uh, don't, don't have power. You know, because you can look, you can go back and look at what happened in Australia back in the 1970s there, when you had a Prime Minister, Gough Whitlam and all this, who got removed by the Governor General, uh, who was representative of the English oh. Crown. Uh, it was a big scandal and all this, but, uh, they have the power to do it. And, uh, uh, that's part of the problem that we have in Canada is that you have a, an ar- archaic system like this, that we have this foreign king and, you know, this pomp and circumstance thing. Why don't we have our own pomp and circumstance? All right. So who would you suggest? Which family? Which family? <laughs> yeah. One, one in, one in which, uh, in terms of a head of state, uh, I believe a head of state should be elected. Not, uh, uh, you know, oh, like, like some countries have a president who is sort of the figurehead and then the prime minister who actually is the. That's, that's, that's one of the ways, right? You know, but it's, it's something to be discussed, right? You know, the, 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 the key question is, is that whoever is head of state sh- should not be there by just simply because they belong to Accident some family or whatever and all that, but they, they should be elected. Okay. You know, if we want to really develop our democracy further. Okay. All right. We wanted to switch a little bit to the the, the coronation itself. Art, um, you had some thoughts. Yeah, uh, a lot of pomp and circumstance. And uh, uh, we have how many delegates going from Canada? I mean, they fill a plane as far as I can understand. And I, I read a list. I was going to write down all the names and I ran out of paper. So I stopped. I figured I better not do that. Why are all these people going? I mean, I did not make it to the list. No, neither did I, and, and I'm sure Peter was disappointed he couldn't be on it, too. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think it's, you know, and uh, here, here's our prime minister. He's going to fly over there. Well, he's in the air like four days of the week anyway for a guy who uh, believes that climate change is dangerous and we have to do something about it. Well, why does he go? Why doesn't he just... Don't we have a high commissioner or ambassador or something in, in London that could attend and represent us? I, I, I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm opposed to, all that kind of stuff. You know? All right. Okay. Um, however, there I have been looking at the little short videos of, uh, of, of them sewing this new coat of arms onto all... So all the... Like all the... Uh, um, what are they called? The guards at the, the Tower of London? They all have new uniforms because, and finally, like after 70 years, they have, they're getting new uniforms with, uh, the, the beef new, eaters or? The, uh, they're not called the beef eaters. They have a new cipher, like because Charles's cipher is different than uh, his mom's. Um, so I mean, I, I've been watching that. Eric, what do you think? Is, uh, what do you, th- are you going to be watching the coronation or? Uh, no, <clears throat> no, I won't, I won't watch it. It's just, I don't watch any of that stuff. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with the pomp and circumstance myself but I think it's good for a country mm-hmm. it's like having a, a half decent parade here in Prince George so the people can get out the kids can get out and enjoy themselves for a day we can't even do that Peter wants to be a nation builder but we can't even get a parade going in this town <laughs> <laughs> so you know we got a long ways to go in that department you know I think that you know I, I just sort of reminisce and wonder where we would be today without our connection with the British Commonwealth. 
Certainly we wouldn't have been in the First World War or the Second World War and probably not in the Korean War. I think we would all be Americans. So there is a lot okay, of history with... Then that's fighting words. Yeah. No, but it's true. <laughs> you know, you, you have the French aspect of Canada and you have the English. Uh, and that war, the War of 1812, and all kinds of different circumstances. But that's our history. And you can't get away from that. And British Columbia was, I think, the last or second to last, or third to last country to join Confederation. And and it was British, which is why it's called British Columbia, just mm-hmm. in case people have trouble figuring that one out. But, um, no, I, we've got one of the top 10 or 12 countries in the world. Works fine. And in true Canadian uh, ways, we bitch belly ache and complain and try to find a better way when we've already got the better way. Instead of looking at what we have, enjoying it, and building on it, we want to change it to something else. It's just beyond me. Just fix it up a little bit, change the tires, and get back on the road. <laughs> um, I I know one thing, I'm, I'm always a little bit disappointed that our governor general seem to be so um, invisible. Like I always think when I see, whenever there's a natural disaster or, or a man-made disaster or whatever... Like I see in 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 the UK, the the monarchy and the various individuals in the working monarchy show up to these places and express condolences. And so, what I see there is that it's that not that removes the political aspect of responding to an emergency, to, to responding to a crisis, because it it's we the people are there and present. And I think that's one thing that I wish that our governor general would do a little bit more of. Um, what about the, if uh, Britain itself, whether it's Scotland or Britain itself, it ditches the monarchy? Then where are we? You know, like, are we, are we, then we might have to have the civil war that Eric was talking about. Bring, bring, bring King, King Charles over here and set up a palace in, in, in Ottawa. Or? Oh gosh, no, we don't do palaces. We like to have our prime minister living in a rotting house of Con- or whatever that uh, twenty four Sussex. Stornoway, yeah. No, that Stornoway is the leader of the oppositions. It's the 24 Sussex that's rotting. Yeah. Yeah. Any ideas on 24 Sussex while we're at it, talking about palaces? Well, they say it's too far gone, so tear it down, build another one. Yeah, if they want the job, then just ask the city of Prince George how to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're they're experts at that. Oh dear, oh dear. All right, okay, I guess we're, we're going to take uh, time for a break and we'll come back. We'll talk about Bill C-11 and uh, the CRT, uh, CRTC possibly thinking of banning Fox News. The Prince George Council of Seniors is pleased to announce their new Friends and Family Caregiver Support Program. If you're the caregiver for a senior who lives in the Prince George area needing support or you're just feeling frustrated or overwhelmed, the support program has informed education, fun self-care activities, and groups to help you maneuver through the challenges you face. For more information on the free and confidential caregiver support program, call the Council of Seniors at 250-564-5888. On Friday, March 31st, shortly after 9 p.m., Prince George RCMP responded to a report of the theft of a firearm from a gas station in the 18,000 block of the Hart Highway. The suspect is described as a Caucasian male between 5 foot 10 and 6 foot 2 in height with a slender build and short brown hair. 
Photos of the suspect are available on the Prince George RCMP website. If you have any information about this or any other criminal offense, call the Prince George RCMP at 250-561-3300. The Prince George Potters Guild is having another amazing class on Saturday, May 20th. Karen Heathman will teach you to apply Terrasiglata to specifications of your preferred clay body. Cost is $65 with registration available on the Potters Guild webpage under programs at studio2880.com. Making and using Terrasiglata. Saturday, May 20th, from 9 to 12 in the Prince George Potter's Guild Room at Studio 2880, 2880, 15th Avenue. With summer weather finally arriving, the Prince George RCMP is reminding motorists to make safe and responsible choices while driving. This means keeping your speed within the posted speed limit, staying sober while driving, and being courteous to other road users. May is High Risk Driving Awareness Month. Visit the Summer Safe Driving Tips page at rcmp-grc.gc.ca for more information on staying safe on the road this summer. Information on the high-risk driving behaviors can be found at icbc.com. It's after 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. All right, we are back and going to be talking about Bill C-11 and the CRTC decision uh, seeming to sign- be signaling that they want to remove uh, Fox News from the stuff that we can watch. I mean, this rankles me, Bill C-11 rankles me, and the fact that the CRTC is now deciding that, uh, or thinking of deciding that, you know, you and I aren't capable of choosing our new, uh, our the kinds of, of show news that we get and I would submit that a lot of people think that it's and I think educated people know that it's important to watch a wide variety of news. So um, let's begin with um, who'd have Eric? Eric? Yeah, Eric. Yeah, I'm not really up to speed on C11 other than uh, I can understand to some degree the Canadian content but really what we're saying is that we can't compete with the big boys and can't get out there and show the world what we got. So we're bringing legislation force them to uh, listen to the Canadian broadcasting mm-hmm. yeah, corporation or whatever. I think the, yeah. So <clears throat> C11 is an extension of that. It's, uh, I think it's not YouTube, but uh, anyway, one of those that I, I can understand people that are. Uh, creating songs or or videos and that type of thing there has to be a way for them to get paid for it but uh, I think when it comes down to the wire the, the problem is it's like if you go in a grocery store you see people in there that work for the chip companies or the canned milk companies or whatever and they're putting their product themselves in the store and they're paying a, a dollar to have it in a position that is attractive to your eye and you see it when you walk in and that's marketing and that's what we have to do with with Canadian uh, content we have to be able to market it as well as just pass legislation to say that you have to do this uh, I would never voluntarily on my own volition uh, turn to Fox News and watch it I just couldn't do that mm-hmm. it's beyond my comprehension that, because it's it's so bogus and it's actually even uh Registered as an entertainment company. It's not a news company, so I just don't even bother with it. But I do watch uh, CBC, and I do watch CTV, and I watch the local news, and I'm able to find what I want to watch. But it has to be there for me to find it. And I think that's where the CRTC is going to uh, 
this new legislation, they're going to have to come up with some deal. They're talking two or three years before they can even get to the point to figure out what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. So, All right. Peter? Uh, yeah. How this has come about is uh, there's been a call you know, put out by uh, some Canadian organizations, LGBTQ and transgender uh, organizations, uh, to... Uh, um, ban Fox News because uh, Tucker Carlson, when he was still working there, made some s- statements uh, apparently against uh, uh, LGBTQ people and, and so on. So the, the f- first thing I would say is that yeah, I think it's very important that LGBTQ people and transgender people have the, have the right to, to be, right? They have the right to yep. uh, exist without being in, uh, discriminated against or intimidated or whatever. Um, on the other hand, I think right now, like we're in kind of an atmosphere where there are all kinds of censorship is being proposed from both left and right, and I think that's not a good thing, right? In terms of uh, access to news and, and so on, right? You know, because when I think about it, you know, if you take that extension, right? If you look at um, what happened with the Iraq War, for example, well, you had major news mm-hmm. uh, services in the United States. Advocating what, what what constitutes a war crime, uh, should, should we then ban all the American channels, or come closer to home? Right, you, you know the the, the uh, Canadian news channels and all this. They promoted the idea of overthrow of uh, the 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 leader of Libya, and uh, actually he was tortured and and murdered, and uh, uh, Lib- Libya has been totally a total basket case. And uh, the media in Canada played a role in promoting that. So should, should we, we be banning the media in Canada now because of that? <laughs> you know, so I think we really have to be careful about going down this road, like in terms of uh, we, need, we need more openness and more access to things. Like, for example, um, like, the, like our RT, Russia Today, was canceled. I didn't agree with that as well, right? You know, because at least there's a point of view there that's not being uh, represented in the media landscape in British Columbia or in Canada you know so yeah I, I wouldn't I wouldn't support the idea of, uh, of censoring you know, censoring yeah at this point so art why have we I'm gonna I mean and you can go in a different direction but if you have some thoughts on why why have we become it used to be that censorship was like a really bad word and what has happened that we are now okay with it? Like, and I'm not saying all of us, but I'm saying that it seems that in the public discourse, more and more people are okay with censorship. Why is that? Well, it used to be the public and governments in Canada in general were more or less centrist. You know, some to the right, some to the left, but basically centrist. We all had a Pro- common probably, sort of... Probably politics was mostly center-right. Now it's moved to center-left, and the radicals are taking over, and their politics are indefensible. So they don't want uh, opposing viewpoints to be heard because uh, they can't defend against them. Uh, what this uh, Bill C-11 is going to do, basically, is suppress high-quality independent journalism that holds the government to account. And, uh, you know, uh, just like in dictatorial China, which, by the way, Justin Trudeau said he admires for their dictatorship, uh, he'll control what you can see online and what you can post online. I mean, and this is not, C-11 is not the end of it. There is more coming. Um, I mean, there have already been cases of the government uh, 
asking uh, social media companies like uh, Twitter and YouTube and them well, to, that's documented. to suppress uh, content they didn't like or remove it. And uh, with this now, they won't have to ask. They can just do it. Uh, in the works is Bill C-18, and that will force uh, places like Facebook or Twitter or whatever to pay the uh, Canadian news media for stories they carry. It's not them carrying it, though. It's like if uh, the Globe and Mail posts a story on Facebook, then Facebook has to pay the Globe and Mail for it, appearing there. That's the kind of thing that's coming next. Makes no sense. Like, Facebook has no choice in what they want to pay for then, so they're just not going to carry anything in Canada. And then there's the online harms bill that will criminalize hate speech and offensive comments. In other words, anything that challenges the radical left woke narrative. Uh, you know, if you're opposed to sexualizing kids with uh, uh, transgender mutilation and that kind of stuff, or if you're opposed to critical race theory being taught to children or any variation thereof, you'll be called hate speech and it will not be allowed. Uh, this this is uh, this is extremely dangerous, and uh, it's it's going to make things a lot worse for us, a lot worse as far as democracy is concerned, and it's going to entrench uh, the people in power that are there now. At least that's appears appears to be their goal. Uh, so one thing I think that often is forgotten, um, and you've all made very good comments, is that censorship is a few deciding for the many. Um, how do we feel about that? Art, um, or Eric, do you want to chime in on that? Like how, like, how do you see censorship? Like, we're talking about censorship, so how does that work? Like, and how can it work? And, and what are the dangers that maybe people should be looking at? Well, we've run into a problem over the years with uh, censorship because, you know, when you get into racism and you get into these different <clears throat> situations that we have now, uh, the so-called racist before uh, for actually saying some of those things now can't say anything for fear that he'll be a racist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so that's a form of uh, kind of public censorship mm -hmm. where people are afraid to speak their mind because if they do, there's all kinds of ramifications to yeah. that. <clears throat> there doesn't seem to be any... It seems to be just one sort of segment of society that's pushing that wagon down the road. I don't have the answer for it, but we used to have, uh, like, the, C the CT CRTC that governed a lot of the, uh, what went into the airwaves, eh? And uh, we don't have that now. I think what we need is the governments, whether it's British Broadcasting, Canadian Broadcasting, Voice of America, to set up their own computer systems like uh, to, to avoid all of that. To avoid all of that. Oh. And if you want to go to that one where common sense should prevail, you go. <laughs> okay. Or if you want to go to the one where YouTube is or something, then you go to that one. All right. I lost a little bit of track of time. It's time for a break. We'll be back after this. Pathways 33 at CNC is a workforce development program designed to help multi-barrier youth ages 15 to 30 gain the essential skills required to sustain employment or advance in their studies. The program supports individual learning styles of each cohort and provides essential skills such as occupational first aid, transportation endorsement, fall protection, and risk assessment for site safety. This is a tuition-free course with registration and full details available through the School of Access and Continuing Education at CNC. 
Find out how business is faring in our region with the BC Chamber of Commerce 2023 Regional Roadshow. The 2022 Collective Perspective data will be shared during the event, which is your opportunity to hear the story behind the provincial and regional data gathered and engage directly with guest speaker and research specialist Mario Conseco. Registration and full details are available through the events page at bcchamber.org. The 2023 Regional Roadshow, Thursday, May 18th from 3 to 4 for Northwest, Northeast, and Central BC. Saturday between 9 and 3, stop by the Studio 2880 Artisan Gift Shop for a Mother's Day pottery sale. Featuring works from Colleen and Jim Fitzpatrick, the shop will be packed with functional, creative, locally made pottery. Find out more about CNJ Fitzpatrick Pottery through the member directory page at pgpottery.ca. The Mother's Day Pottery Sale, Saturday from 9 to 3 in the Studio 2880 Artisan Gift Shop, 2880 15th Avenue. Forecast from Environment Canada. A mix of sun and cloud today. A 40% chance of showers late this afternoon with the risk of a thunderstorm. Wind from the southeast at 30, gusting to 50, except gusting to 70 near thunderstorms. A high of 25 with a high UV index. Mainly cloudy tonight. A 40% chance of showers early this evening with the risk of a thunderstorm. Gusting southeast winds becoming light this evening, a low of 5. For Saturday, cloudy. Showers beginning near noon with the risk of a thunderstorm and a high of 18. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George. You're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. All right, we're back. And just finishing up the conversation about censorship, uh, Peter, you had a comment. Yeah, the, you know, the critical thing is like, who makes the decisions on, uh, like, following up a bit on what you're saying there, who, who, makes, the, who makes the decisions in terms of... Uh, what's to be censored and what is not censored. And I think there's a real gap there in the sense that uh, uh, the freedom of speech enshrined as a right, uh, you know, under the Canadian Constitution, you know, it can be overruled. And, uh, you know, so we have a problem there, right? And I think uh, we live in an age right now where freedom of speech is extremely important. And um, the, the, the critical thing is, is that right now, who's making these decisions are people like we have no contact or, or don't even know who they are, right? And, uh, you know, CRTC and, and top-level uh, bureaucrats and top-level tech people removed from the, the actual discussion of the people in terms of what, uh, you know, what should be freedom of speech and what are the rights and responsibilities there. I think we need to move ahead on that front, especially... Okay, thank you. So let's move on to um, the Michael Chong affair. And I was surprised to see um, Catherine McKenna posted even. like She's a former uh, uh, minister in uh, Justin Trudeau's cabinet. And even she was extremely concerned about what's going on. And, and I mean... And I, and and let's if we can. I mean, we I know that our panel we've talked a lot about you know how much influence is there actually. But I mean, what? Where do we? It seems that this is just going to pass, like all other scandals and non-action have passed. What do you think, Art? Yep, it will, uh, because the liberals will just sort of push it aside and skate by it and not answer questions in in question period. They get asked these questions about and they just ramble about something totally different never answer the questions why do we have question period i guess they call it question period instead of question and answer period because the liberals never actually answer any of the questions uh so that one was going on um we we hear 
from the RCMP or CSIS or that, that they informed uh, the government two years ago that this was going on and uh, Chinese Canadian citizens have been complaining for years that this is going on. And our Prime Minister said, oh, he just learned about this on Monday. He didn't know. Well, okay, um, you didn't know, even though the CSIS briefing, or you did know and pretending you're... I, I, I don't understand that. How, how could he not know? And uh, why why didn't he do something about it earlier? I mean, he's just dodging it, and yeah, it'll disappear, and nothing will come of it. So, and just uh, to make sure our listeners know, what we're talking about is, <clears throat> uh, it was revealed this past week that that CSIS had known and had informed, you know, or they say that they informed the powers that be that Michael Chong's family was being explicitly targeted by uh, our, by I think the Chinese diplomat here, um, and as well they were being targeted in China, his family there. Um, Eric, um, what do you think? I haven't been following it too close, so it's, uh, but it, I'm not surprised. But this goes on all around the world, certainly not just in Canada. In fact, I'm surprised to see No, but are here. you surprised that he wasn't informed? Um, yeah, I would I would be surprised that he wasn't informed. I would think that that would just be a natural thing to be done. So if he says he wasn't informed, somebody should be getting fired or he's not telling the truth. Hmm. All right. Peter? Uh, yeah, no, I think that there's, uh, you know, a, a lot of uh, big power politics that are going on. Like the Right now, like you know, since the the U.S. declared a pivot to China and identified China as the main as what it sees as the main threat, I think that that's filtered down, right? Uh, and I think that uh, you know we see the intelligence agencies in Canada releasing all kinds of information. They they have very close ties with the American intelligence agencies. So uh, what we're getting is a is a whole sort of stream of uh, stuff that's critical of China, right? You know, but I think it's. And frankly, it's about big power politics. Like in Canada, there is a section of the of the business class or, or whatever, right, that uh, wants to hedge its bets in terms of uh, uh, having more trade with China, just to counterbalance the fact that uh, we're dominated by the U.S. And it seems right now that that's what's taking place is that there's an attempt to, uh, uh, you know, by certain factions and other factions in in big business in Canada and the government. To uh, marginalize those people, right, in terms of uh, uh, people who are, are advocating for more trade with China and so mm-hmm. on. So there's a big picture thing that's going on here, right? That uh, uh, you know, f- frankly, I'm concerned about it because uh, you know, where where is this going? Like, uh, we're going towards war, uh, towards uh, another Cold War or whatever, right? Uh, I was raised when I was very young. We started off, you know, with. Uh, you know, the whole demonization of different countries that took place uh, during the, the Cold War. And so are we going towards this again? Or do we have to go another direction, right, which is against war? And uh, I, I get more cooperation rather than, uh, uh, you know, this targeting of, uh, you know, of a particular country. And, uh, you know, like, yeah, yeah China has, has, has its problems, but we also have our problems. When you look in, uh, in Canada here, we've grossly, the Canadian government has grossly interfered in the affairs of other countries, like it did in Venezuela there when it 
the Canadian government uh, uh, pushed for uh, appointing, you know, some character as uh, the head, the leader of Venezuela, right? Uh, overriding the Venezuelan elections and so on, right? And so uh, it's sort of like the pot calling the kettle black. Okay. All right. We will be back after these messages. If you're interested in your family history, drop by the downtown branch of your Prince George Public Library on Thursdays from 12.30 to 1.30 for the Genealogy Club. It's a free drop-in club where you can make use of the library's genealogy collection and online resources and talk to other family researchers. Experts with experience in Métis and First Nations genealogical research are also available to chat with. The Genealogy Club, Thursdays from 12.30 to 1.30 at the downtown branch of your Prince George Public Library. Advocates Walk for Life is an in-person, family-friendly outdoor event which gives walkers and runners the opportunity to participate in peer-to-peer fundraising. Invite your friends and family to sponsor your walk and tell them about Advocates' life-saving work. Registration and full details are available at walkforlife.ca where you can also create a fundraising page to share with family and friends. This year's Advocate Walk for Life is set for Saturday, May 27th from 1230 to 4 in Clay Memorial Park. The Prince George Public Library is making Thursdays a time for teens to learn how to set themselves up for a summer job. Starting May 18th and for five weeks, the library will be hosting Teen Thursdays with programs such as resume and interview workshops and a session on creative writing. The sessions run from 4 to 5 each Thursday and they're free to drop in for. It all wraps up June 15th with a game jam. Teen Thursdays from 4 to 5 starting May 18th at the Downtown Library. The CNIB Wheels of Fortune Car Raffle and 50-50 Draw are underway. You could win a totally refurbished 1964 Mercury Comet Caliente. All proceeds support CNIB programs in B.C. Tickets for both the Car Raffle and 50-50 Draw are available at cnib.rafflenexus.com. Grand prize draws will be made August 8th. The CNIB Wheels of Fortune Car Raffle and 50-50 Draw. B.C. Gaming License Numbers 139745 and 139102. Purchase your tickets by August 7th. Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. All right, we're back. We'll uh, spend this last segment, I think, talking about the open use, open drug use bylaws um, that are being put into place in, in a number of cities across BC now that open drug use has been decriminalized. Um and Interior Health, so Kamloops has passed a bylaw, and then Interior Health uh, asks, uh, there, there was an article in, where was this, in infotel.ca, Interior Health asks local governments to pause plans to ban open drug use in parks. And they're saying, please, can we not do anything for six months just to see how this ha- how what the impact is? Um, and so can we just uh, put a pause on those bylaws? So let's start with who wants to start? Who's feeling Eric over there? All right. Do we uh, have a problem with drugs in parks in the wintertime? Probably not, especially if it's minus 40. Yeah. So that's five months of the year we don't have to worry about. <clears throat> I I don't think that not allowing it in the parks is the right way to go because uh, are we going to not, not allow people to go in the park and have a bottle of beer? Or? Well, we don't. Oh, you can drink in a lot of these parks, provincial parks. Of course you can. Provincial parks. City yeah, but parks only in we're your- talking about. Yeah, we're talking city parks. Yeah, okay, city parks. <clears throat> Some of those are provincial too. Uh, 
<laughs> like that so, one down the, so in the regional right. district. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> because this, you know, it's, it's just a question of which drug you want to talk about. You want to talk about alcohol, you want to talk about heroin, you want to talk about uh, the street drugs. Coffee. These people have to have coffee, yeah, I'm a, I'm a coffee, <laughs> coffee addict. So uh, if not in the parks, then the question is where? All right. Back on the streets? Okay. Eric, or sorry, Peter. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I see where, you know, what Eric is saying there. Like, the, the critical thing is, uh, um, yeah, like you can have, which exists already, the, you know, ban on drinking alcohol in, uh, in drugs and, and, or in parks and so on, right? But, uh, you know, the, the, the critical thing is, is that if, if they're banned from, from all over the place from, uh, using drugs and all that, where do they go, right? Like, if, so, for example, if you have a ban on, Alcohol, you can go to a bar or whatever, you, or, you know, to drink or, or to go to go to your home. But if you're homeless or whatever, uh, there's no place to go, right? So, uh, uh, I don't really think it's going to solve uh, solve very much, right? Uh, the critical thing to me is uh, we just need more uh, supports in terms of, uh, uh, you know, for for people who have addiction problems and things like that, right? And go down that path, right? Building up those kinds of supports and the infrastructure. Uh, to uh, uh, help people overcome uh, addiction and uh, related issues. Mm-hmm. So, Art, what do you think? Well, they're they're legalizing drugs. Basically, mm-hmm. they just they, they legalize marijuana, and now they're proceeding on all the other ones. Uh, and uh, when you get that kind of attitude in society, you're going to get more use, of course. And uh, well, how are you going to enforce the ban? I mean, uh, the Kamloops one is uh, prohibit drug use within 100 meters of city parks, playgrounds, or on sidewalks in alignment with regulations around public alcohol consumption and smoking. How are you going to enforce it? These homeless people, uh, they're already given carte blanche on just about anything short of violent assault and murder. Uh, they, they don't get uh, prosecuted. For so-called minor crimes, this would be a minor crime. Would would it even be a crime? Probably not. Uh, so you're you're just you you can't enforce it um, unless you go to something like Singapore. In ah. Singapore, if you are a drug <laughs> dealer, it's the death penalty. If you litter, it's a severe fine. If you uh, vandalize. You get caned, and it's painful. If you want to control this, that's the kind of <laughs> way you have to go. At the very least... You heard it here first. Yeah. At the very least, if we want to control anything like that, we have to start enforcing laws that are not being enforced now. We have to quit with this catch-and-release stuff. And, you know, there are penalties. Apply them. But uh, as long as we have this uh, th- th- this gentle and, and uh, friendly way of looking after criminals, it's just going to get worse. And, and you can pass all the bylaws in the world you want, and nothing's going to happen. All right. Well, I think that... that <laughs> I... I, I I'm, I totally agree. Like, I think that's a really good point is that when you're putting in bylaws, like, you have to think, is that actually going to help? Is it actually going to be effective? Is it actually, like, I mean, why are you doing it? If, 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 if it's not actually going to help, then maybe try something else. 
Did you have this, uh, these bylaws? <clears throat> this is uh, federal government legislation. Mm-hmm. And so now the question is, can a city municipal bylaw actually change a federal law? I don't and think so. Then lose in courts. So it's just wasting everybody's time now. they got to go back to the drawing board come up with a better uh, solution i you know i think we we need it to be a criminal uh deal with, with charges with a dual system that you can either go to jail for x number of years or you can go into treatment for somewhat less years and it's your choice hmm. which one do you want to do and uh if the person chooses to take the longer time in jail and not go to treatment that's his decision hmm. so all right. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, any last words? I would like to go back to the censorship. Bit okay. With a few <laughs> okay. Very quickly. Uh, John F. Kennedy: A nation that is afraid to let its people judge the truth and falsehood in an open market is a nation that is afraid of its people. Noam Chomsky. I do not like Noam Chomsky. He's a radical leftist. But he said even Stalin and Goebbels were in favor of free speech for people they agreed with. <laughs> and then there's Leslie Lewis, a former Conservative Party candidate, a leadership candidate. A strong society must encourage, not limit debate. And as a final quote... One of the worst parts of the past few years has been watching otherwise reasonable people be completely swallowed up by the psychosis of wokeism and become zealots in search of heretics to denounce and punish. Truly a mind virus. That's by Leonidas Johnson. All right. Okay, we heard it here. (laughs) Thank you very much, gentlemen, for joining me. And I guess we'll be back, or uh, after nine, we'll be back on Monday. Have an excellent weekend. After 9 is a weekday presentation of CFISFM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Eric Allen, Kylie Lewis-Holt, Trudy Clausen, and Rez Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair with technical assistance from Stephen Smith. Theme music is by The Ebbs. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. You're listening to 93.1 CFIS-FM, Prince George, proudly partnered with local community groups like the Railway and Forestry Museum on River Road next to Cottonwood Island Park.